become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've chosen America's number one. Number one. Number one. Outdoor radio show. Well, welcome to America, amigo. The Revolution with Jim and Trav, where we bring you the outdoors so you can get outdoors. It's outdoor radio at its finest that highlights local and national outdoor news in the field perspectives and current gear reviews that are 100% free of charge. Brought to you by Whitetails Extreme, the makers of Rack Addict. Ignite improved nutrition and results 365 with Rack Addict. Log on to whitetails-extreme.com to learn more about Rack Addict. Now, without further ado, let's start the revolution with Jim and Trav. Well, every five years, Congress writes a new farm bill. Now, the farm bill in the United States is more than just about farm policy and farmers. The Senate Ag Committee has drafted a bill that voluntarily provides $24.7 billion in deficit reduction. That's also home to our conservation programs and renewable energy issues. Twenty-three conservation programs are streamlined into 13 while saving nearly $6.4 billion. It's a huge bill. It's big money. It's $286 billion over five years, and some folks have been making it out to be $600 billion. It really should be called the food bill because it, it is the rules for the food system we all eat by. All right, a couple things already creeped me out about uh, today's show. It just started. Uh, Abba gives me the willy. Dude, I well, get like, that song. I, I get mean. the chill. No, Abba in general gives me the willy, especially. That, I like the platform shoot. That was money, money, money right there. Yeah. Uh, second of all, the Farm Bill, very important piece of legislation. It affects outdoorsmen. It affects pretty much everyone in the United States, whether you know that or not. But I always get something wrong when we're talking about the Farm Bill. I mean, it's inevitable. I'm going to get a figure wrong or I'm going to quote somebody wrong. And then people always email and they're like, yeah, Trav! Yeah, Trav got that wrong! It sounds Trav, like that means. Trav's an idiot! <laughs> you should be on the air! So I'm just, I'm apologizing in advance for any little faux pas I might have. I'm sorry. You bet. Hey, you know what? We got a new station this yeah, week. Yeah, we're excited about that too. Hey, out in Portland, Oregon, actually, Hillsboro, uh, there uh, just outside of Portland, is KIUK 1360 AM. Welcome to the uh, revolution there, yeah, guys. Welcome aboard, guys. Hey, in this week's Ram Power Block. Powered by Ram at Ramtrucks.com. We'll be Rob Manus, and he's with the Nature Conservancy. And then on the Ram Double Hitter, we're going to feature outdoor life blogger Tony Hansen, plus TRCP's Nick Payne. And then phoning us at 785-846-7647 will be Steve Klein with TRCP. Following up with him is the prez of Ram Trucks, old Fred Diaz. He's going to talk to us. And then in the wrap-up will be Dave Nomson from Fezzes Forever. Yeah, you know, Rob Manus, he's actually the state director for the Nature Conservancy here in Kansas. And Rob, you know, uh, let's just be real for a second, okay? Like I mentioned a second ago, um, the Farm Bill, it truly is a vital piece of legislation, but it's really just chock full of a bunch of crap that <laughs> us outdoorsmen and, and women. there's not one cow in there. We do not understand it. So why don't you just kind of spit this out for us real quick, uh, plain and simple. How is this going to affect us? Well, uh, I'd say it's maybe not any more complicated than, than the hunting regulations are sometimes, but um, I guess... I guess uh, I would just start with the fact that it's pretty darn good news. Really? Um, you know, we have some fairly austere federal budgets uh, possibly looking at us, and the Senate has come out uh, with a version of the Farm Bill, and, and it's important because the federal Farm Bill, the conservation title, title to, title to the federal Farm Bill, contains as much conservation funding as pretty much all the other sources put together in some respects in terms yeah. of what affects wildlife habitat on the ground mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, hunters, anglers, and bird watchers all rely on. And in particular in Kansas, Kansas is, for example, in, in CRP, Kansas is the number four state in the nation for number of acres in CRP. If you're not into wildlife, you might say, well, big deal. But the big deal is that in Kansas, that means that about uh, 2.2 million acres, even now after we've lost a, a few hundred thousand acres, CRP, 2.2 million acres is enrolled in uh, native habitats that benefits uh, quail and, and pheasants, certainly, but 
Um, on a broader ecological view, it benefits lesser prairie chickens, greater prairie chickens, uh, all kinds of grassland birds and, and other wildlife. And uh, 2.2 million acres is significant. Yeah, it that is. That program has also supported the state's walk-in hunting areas program, and then yeah. a lot of those acres are enrolled in that program. So it's both high-quality uh, habitat and and access. And and the good news is that while there is a predicted tapering off of CRP acres across the country from the current about 26.5 million uh, acres now to, I don't know, down in the next five years, probably around 25 million, um, there's still a very robust CRP program. Kansas, uh, under this Senate bill, is still going to have lots of acres in CRP, and uh, that's really good if you're uh, if you're into quail, pheasant, prairie chicken, or dick sizzles. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, really good news. Yeah. Now, um, Rob, actually, we're going from 32 million to 25 million, but I I want to ask your opinion on this because I'm a little confused. You know, Senator John uh, Thune there of South Dakota, he proposed, and it's actually being adopted um, in the underlying bill, uh, sod saver. Now, this is a promote. Yeah, it promotes land management practices that facilitate the conservation of native grasslands to the program. And this is important to fish and wildlife um, and to sportsmen. How is this different, sod saver, than CRP, really? Well, the issue here is really um, eligibility for USDA programs. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a financial issue. So um, right now, if a landowner uh, has a piece of property that he converts, converts from native grass uh the crop production, mm-hmm. um, he may be able to enroll that in some of the commodity programs as well as the conservation programs that enhance his bottom line down the road in a couple of years. How under under the sod saver program, which is essentially only available in the prairie pothole region of the Dakotas right now, um, any ground that's broken out that uh, doesn't meet uh, USDA standards, in other words, if they break out native grasslands, mm-hmm. um, that land wouldn't be eligible then for many of the economic benefits uh, under the farm bill Oh wow! Uh, that the landowner would otherwise receive. So it's a huge disincentive not to break out uh, native grasslands, which, by the way, are the most diminished yep. uh, habitat type, yep. uh, potentially in the globe, but certainly in North America, yep. grasslands well, are. Well, frankly, so we that's just... that's a big deal. And, and this new bill would allow um, each state's conservationist to designate uh, special... Uh, grasslands, grasslands of special importance where sod saver would apply yeah. and those grasslands would be protected from basically perverse incentives under the farm bill to break them out. Yeah, well, just because uh, land is is uh, actually enrolled in CRP doesn't necessarily mean that me as the average Joe Hunter can go unless that is also enrolled in that walk and hunting, which is all part of that. Now, in the state of Kansas, you said there's like, uh, what, 2 million acres in CRP, but we have 1.2 to 3 in the walk-in hunting. So we're really doing our part here in the state of Kansas to keep make sure and ensure that the sportsmen have a place to go. Yeah, a place to go with good quality habitat. you got to have both. And uh, CRP really facilitates. I don't know how much of the CRP in Kansas is, uh, or how much of the walk-in hunting areas are CRP, but I know it's a huge piece of it. It's yeah, it a is. A major, major piece of it. You bet. Hey, that was uh, Ralph. 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 That was that was <laughs> Rob Manus. I was concentrating on the last name. That, that was Rob Manus with the Nature Conservancy right here in the state of Kansas. Well, Ralph and Rob. One more time. <laughs> They're twins. <laughs> if we the want to find twins. out more about what you guys are doing to help us out here, the Nature Conservancy here in Kansas, but really all across the, this beautiful country that we live in, uh, where can we find you guys online? <laughs> find us on Facebook because you virtually find everyone on Facebook <laughs> yeah. these days. Uh, so you can find us there. We'd love to have you there. Um, but uh, certainly uh, check us out online at nature.org. What the heck? Give me a call at 785-233-4400 and I'll be glad to visit with you about anything we're doing. Yeah, and you can ask for Rob or Ralph. Oh, he, Ralph he, yeah. he will answer the both. Ralph, I, <laughs> Ralph Maines is what I prefer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send all that's, checks and letters to. That's his evil twin. <laughs> but uh, we are the revolution, and we are brought to you by Ram Trucks. Ramtrucks.com plus Steiner. That is Steiner-Binoculars.com and NRA Blog at NRAblog.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. But Mr. Rob, man, I uh, truly appreciate you coming on and kind of filling us in and keeping us abreast of what's happening with the, the 2012 uh, Farm Bill, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, you bet. Well, hang on, because our Ram Double Hitter with Tony Hansen and Nick Payne is coming up next. Hang on. The Revolution.
Revolution. With over $25 billion in cuts to the Farm Bill and $6.5 billion alone to conservation programs, how does this sit with you, the outdoorsmen and women? Give us your feedback at radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Sometimes you can tell a lot about a horse by what it's named. Like its color. It might be blacky or rony or buck. A name could have something to do with a horse's temperament or its disposition, like wild man or roller or bad bob. Yeah, the name of a horse is sometimes the name of his game. It's kind of like driving a ram truck. That name means something. It means you know the value of dust, sweat, and pride. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. The Ruger American Rifle, an American legend is born. The Ruger American Rifle is a 100% American-made firearm that offers outstanding performance at a great price. It features power bedding integral bedding blocks for outstanding accuracy. A Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger for a crisp and user-adjustable 3-5 to pound trigger pull. A flush-fit four-round rotary magazine for smooth, reliable feeding. And a three-lug bolt with 70-degree throw for ample scope clearance and fast follow-up shots. The Ruger American Rifle, another American-made product from Ruger. If you've ever been called a creep, creep. then this is your outdoor show. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Ram at RamTrucks.com. The Farm Bill is essentially a $90 billion a year program for food, feed, fiber, and fuel. Uh, When you break it down to uh, more of an essence, about half, 50% of all Farm Bill funding goes for food and nutrition programs like food stamps, school lunches, women and infants and children programs and other low-wage supplements that we have for almost 40 million Americans who um, experience some kind of hunger on a weekly basis. You know, Trav, that could give you a brain fart. I didn't realize that they actually allocated that much of our budget towards those programs. Now, while those are very good programs, and they do a lot of good, but did you know that um, out of the $24.7 billion that were cut, or that is being cut currently from the Farm Bill, only $4 billion is being cut from um, the nutritional side of things. That's like three Twinkies in a snowball. They cut $6 billion from the conservation side. Yeah, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, let's digress for a moment, and uh, let's talk about the Sportsman's Heritage Act. We've got Tony Hansen online. He's a blogger for Outdoor Life. Yeah, he actually phoned us at 785-846-7647. Actually, uh, here in just a minute as well, we're going to be taking a phone call from old Nick Payne, and he is... Uh, He's Major Payne. TRCP's Colorado Field Representative. Actually works for TRCP, yeah, you said. Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, I think. That's what I said. Thank you for that. Um, There's anyways, also an echo yeah, in the studio. He's going to be coming on and tell us about the Colorado Road List Act. But uh, getting back to Tony um, Hansen, you know, um, the Sportsman's Heritage Act, okay, it's become quite the controversial bill because while most Americans know about it, okay, we don't actually know enough. We haven't got a clue. To keep our um, shorts from getting in a knot over it. And, and Your panties are in a wad? Occasionally. Okay, <laughs> yes. You know, you get a wedgie. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that is the truth. And so why don't you kind of uh, dispel some rumors real fast for us, Tony, and uh, clear the air. Well, really, I mean, the only reason it's controversial is because politicians got involved. Uh. I mean, it's, on its surface, it's a bill that actually came up because of an issue uh, right here where I live in Michigan. Um, a guy came in, um, a lawyer from southeast Michigan, and said, you know, I'm going to sue um, the feds because I don't think there should be hunting, gun hunting, and snowmobile use in here on Manistee National Forest because I want a place I can go where everything is quiet. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you ever think about Forest Lawn Cemetery? <laughs> yeah. And uh, what happened is he won his lawsuit. He did? He did win the lawsuit, yeah. But the result was nothing changed. It, they just had to go through and, and look over how they were going to do this process. And what happened is everybody kind of stood up and, and took notice and said, all right, we definitely need some sort of legislation that protects hunting and fishing on public land and keeps these types of frivolous lawsuits from happening. So that's what um, the bulk of the Heritage Act is all about, is making sure that the feds 
preserve hunting and fishing and access on public land. Okay, one ninny stands up and kind of yells and screams and, and pitches a fit over this. That doesn't mean you should limit or restrict anyone else's access or how they want to recreate on that ground, you know? I, I mean, it's kind of foolish. I mean, there's 9 million people right now standing up in America saying, I'm paying too much taxes, but they're not changing that, you know? <laughs> why, why should they? <laughs> right, especially when it's the hunter and angler that's paying for the majority of the, Bingo. the management and, and the work being done on that federal land anyway. You know, if, if everyone would have just kept their mouth shut in the beginning, everyone was happy. But now they start bringing up these points. You know, you're going to have some anglers and hunters that actually want to liberalize things so you can take motorized vehicles back in there. And then you're always going to have that opposing view, the more of the, the naturalist, you know, where... Um, they don't want anything back in there. They don't even want you to burp back in these woods, you know? I mean, it's kind of sad. Just duke it out on yeah, the Yeah, really, we should just go out there like back in the 1800s. We have a showdown. Yeah. We just fight over it. Duel. I mean, really, we we're, we're spending more money in courts and attorneys and everything else, don't you think? Yeah, and that, I mean, that is why this legislation is important, though, is, yeah. is once we get it ironed out, yeah. we won't have any more. Are you there? Who wants to do this, so I'm going to sue you. But it's a good bill. The way it is, it has some issues. The language really needs to be cleaned up, and they need to, to kind of work on it. Um, because I don't think the intent of the bill is to open up the roadless areas and, the, and to let vehicles in. Um, unfortunately, it's just not worded real well, so they got they got some work to do on it. And once you start doing that with the way politics are, who knows what's going to end up being decided yeah, yeah. if anything now you're you're in michigan and and you're uh, kind of spearheading this thing in michigan is this going to be a nationwide situation or is it just uh you know just localized to uh the state of michigan no this is a the the first case was localized to the state of michigan really but this heritage act is national this is going to affect all of the federally owned lands you know bureau of land management um u.s forest service uh, it's really going to have pretty far-reaching implications in the western part. We have a fair amount of federal forest here in Michigan, but there's not a lot of places like Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, on the eastern side. It's most of this land is out west. Uh huh. Mm. And of course, uh, you know, out there, I, I noticed that uh, there was some bans on, and I forget the states that we're in, on even doing target practicing on federal ground. Yeah, that's kind of crazy it's, stuff. It's it's definitely been under attack. It's going to keep being under attack until we have you know, some pretty standardized legislation that says, hey, hunting and fishing is what these lands were first set aside for, and that's what they're going to be preserved for, and they are going to be a priority use. If they're not a priority use, then you start getting into this, you know, vote of public opinion, and as you and I all know, votes of public opinion never fare well for hunters and anglers <laughs> no. because we don't, we're not the type of people that stand up and shriek about things. No, you're exactly right. But uh, hey, we actually got to get to another caller uh, real quick, Tony. So one more time, if we want to find out about you, the Sportsman's Heritage Act. Um, Michigan. Michigan. Maybe we want to move there. Uh, where can we find you online, buddy? Outdoorlife.com or MUCC.org. Hey, hey, Mr. Tony, man, thank you so much for being on The Revolution, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, so now we are being joined by Mr. Nick Payne, and once again, he is TRCP's Colorado Field Representative. Mr. Nick, welcome to the Revolution, buddy. Greetings. Hey, <laughs> Heidi Ho from Colorado. <laughs> now, you guys just passed, uh, well, you guys didn't pass, but you had a, a big to-do in this, this Colorado Roadless Act. What the heck What that? the heck is this, Nick? Well, the Colorado Roadless Act, it's uh, quite similar to the 2001 National Roadless Rule. Um, what it does is conserve some of the last backcountry areas in Colorado. It amounts to about 4.2 million acres in the state. Wow. So basically, they're restricting. You're going to shut down I-70? They're going to cut it down to one lane. <laughs> one lane. <laughs> so Limited access. Basically, what they're doing, they're netting off a huge area, and they're saying no roads can go in this area. Is that correct, Nick? Yeah, there are certain restrictions on what kind of uh, development can occur in these areas. Um, as I said, these are some of the last best uh, areas for hunters and anglers to use. And um, and what you got is no roads existing right now. So they're putting restrictions saying you can't build new roads in these areas. Um, and you also can't build things like uh, transmission corridors and things like that. Well, you know, I think, you know, as outdoorsmen and, and women, you know, there's some that like to ride ATVs. OK, there's some that just like to pack back in on horses or hike, you know, and I think we need to have areas like that that are specific, not just for animals, but also for different recreational purposes. And I know Jim, Jim thinks that there should be a road everywhere. The boy hates to walk. I, and I look at it this way, Nick. I mean, 
more roads we have to build, that's more taxpayer dollars that we have to actually spend to maintain these roads. I think this is a wonderful thing, especially preserving these areas for the wildlife. I, I mean, I think this is a great thing. Yeah. Now, didn't Idaho pass a very similar law, what, in 2006 or something like that? Yeah, in 2006, Idaho passed a state-specific rule as well. Um, and one reason that states have been doing this is there's been some uncertainty in the courts over the National Roads Rule. And uh, so what's happened is it, it has been confirmed recently, actually, last fall. Um, so Colorado had a decision to make whether to move forward with the state rule or uh, kind of cancel that and go with the national rule. And so basically what you're saying is we don't want you guys to use that anymore. We're going to block this off so you, in fact, from this point on have to walk, right, or ride horses or whatever. Well, what the the roadless rule doesn't do is it doesn't shut down any existing roads. Yeah. But uh, it just says no new road building and limits, you know, the amount of timber that can be taken out of these yeah. areas. Well, let's say you have all these old roads, okay, and right in the center, Jim, we're going to paint a picture, Nick, for Jim. There's I need it. 500,000 acres of just pristine forest that's, habitat. That's okay? where I live. We can't go in there and screw that ecosystem up. We're going to leave that alone and leave that for the wildlife, the fish and game, and let them have a great time. Now, we can go in but there. But I can I walk across it, you right? Can, yeah, we can walk across it, Nick. We can still go in there and hunt. We can go in there and fish. We just can't make a road and drive our vehicle in there, correct? Yeah, that's right. Bingo. I think this is a win-win. That's too simple. Hands down, we all we should go have a beer and celebrate. <laughs> Nick, what do you say? I agree. <laughs> like Alan Jackson said, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Now, Nick, if we want to find out more about the TRCP, uh, Nick, and how we can get involved and help you guys out, where do we have to go to, buddy? Well, I would urge you to go to trcp.org. Uh, you can check out our, our most recent information there, make donations, um, get involved in many different ways. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Nick Payne. He is with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. That's right. And we are the revolution. We are brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com and Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's. Dot com. Mr. Rickman, uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, kind of clearing the air about this and, and telling Jim how wrong he is. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. All right, you bet. Hey, we'll stick around because we're going to dive head first back into the farm bill with old TRCP Stephen Klein. He's out of D.C. right after this. That's going to be two TRCPs back to back, man. It's never been done. That's crazy. Good information. I'll raise you a TRCP and fire Nick. All right, stick around. More 2012 Farm Bill coverage brought to you by Ram at RamTrucks.com. Coming up after this. High Mountain Seasonings. Turn your fish and game from ordinary to extraordinary. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Just because a hunting or fishing trip is unpredictable doesn't mean dinner has to be. Take control and use Camp Chef at CampChef.com. It's the way to cook outdoors. Has a safety harness ever saved your life while hunting from a tree stand? And how? Write in and tell us at radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Well, to recap. The recap. Well, we got to recap, Jim. You know that. It's good for the soul. Well, to recap, first of all, we heard from Rob Banis. He's the state director for the Nature Conservancy here in Kansas. And then we had a Ram double hitter. We heard from uh, Outdoor Life's blogger, Tony Hansen, and TRCP's Nick Payne. Righty, Jimbo. Already, uh, Frank's got another clip uh, cued. Let's take a listen. Critics love this show. It's the revolution. We have to simplify existing programs. And we need to put a premium on creating innovative solutions to address our current and future problems. Now, of course, that right there was uh, Secretary Vilsack outlining the Farm Bill. And basically what he said is what they have done now uh, with the Farm Bill. But uh, just quoting us at 785-846-7647 is Mr. Steve Klein, and he is the director of TRCPs. All of a sudden, I've gotten kind of stuffy. Have you noticed that? Like, just the right side. It's the cigars. The cigars and the cognac. That's it. Uh, anyways, uh, Steve Klein, and he is the director of TRCPs, Center for Agriculture and Private Lands. Uh, Mr. Steve Mano, welcome back to the revolution, buddy. Good to be back. Yeah. Now, um, you know, there's been many changes uh, to the Farm Bill, especially the conservation title. They've kind of streamlined it, Steve. You know, they 
went from 23 programs and they've reduced it down to 13, kind of eliminating some of the redundancy in this. Um, what do you think of the farm bill now? I mean, I mean, how is it sitting with you? I think all things considered, guys, it's a pretty good bill. We have, and we have to realize, and, and frankly, the sportsman's community has done a good job of realizing over the past couple of years that these programs are going to get smaller in these budget climates. And yeah, uh, that's what this farm bill does. It makes several programs smaller. As you mentioned, it takes 23 programs, turns them into 13. But a lot of those core functions have been maintained. And what this farm bill has become all about is seeing if we can't spend resources more efficiently, keep money flowing to the ground, but do it under fewer programs and a few, uh, you know, $6 billion less, which is certainly painful. We don't relish that. We don't like to do it. But <laughs> yeah. it's something we have to do to try and get that budget deficit down and, and we feel like farm bill conservation programs are certainly doing their part. Well, you know, as I mentioned when we first started off, that there's so many facets to this farm bill. When you really think of farm bill, you're thinking of, you know, wheat fields and cornfields and Iowa and so forth. But holy cow, there's just so many things that are funded out of this bill. How can you glean all of that information out of there? Well, we have the conservation title. That's the one that I think sportsmen from a conservation standpoint probably should pay the most attention to. It's Title Two, as we call it. Yeah. And that's where all the conservation programs are are stored. And, and frankly, when you work on Farm Bill, as we do, and we, we spend basically 40 hours a week and sometimes more like 80 hours a week just on that one conservation title. And it's, you know, even for professionals to do it every day, it's hard to know exactly what the specifics of every program are. But together, you know, as a community, we do a pretty good job. Now, Steve, you know, as our country pushes forward in our energy independence, kind of, um, and, you know, we're putting more of our thought process towards alternate resources when it comes to fuels, um, you know, like our demand for corn right now and ethanol and taking away some of these incentives from farmers like, um, you know, CRP. I mean, they really have no choice. It's not their fault. They got to make a buck. They got to put food on their table and, and pay for college and everything else. I mean, where do you see, you know, we, we talked earlier, we, we're not trying to sound all doom and gloom, but, I mean, really, where do you see the conservation title 15 years down the road? Because I really don't think our government, as we are, is as um, stressed about this, well, you know? It, it, it's really a, a day-by-day thing at this point. 15 years is, seems like a lifetime away in politics. But we do have some senators and members in the House, including the Ag Committee leadership, that are really supportive of these programs. And I think when we hear from sportsmen and sportswomen on the ground, we can't let these programs go away. I think that really is the powerful message that we need to convey to our elected officials. And, you know, I think when we talk about, you know, you, you mentioned profitability in farm operations, and, and I live in poultry country on the eastern shore of Maryland. Yeah. I'll just say that, you know, that there is a war going on over here between environmentalists and chicken farmers in some cases. <laughs> yes. And, you know, my question for most environmentalists and, and members of the green community is, you know, what is your vision for that land if it's not farming? Because, you know, the alternatives don't look very, very good either when you're talking about a market-based system. You know, farmers trying to produce a crop that'll sell and make them a profit. So if you can you know, incorporate the conservation measures into that operation and the market's willing to bear the cost of that, He's going to be willing to do it. Yeah. But right now, the market simply will not bear the cost of conservation you know, without providing a federal incentive. And I just think that's where you know, farmers want to do what's right. They want to be good stewards. They yeah, realize they that you know, in 15 years, their future bottom line links to healthy topsoil. It, it's just simple as that. And I think we have to provide that incentive for future generations you know, who want to get into farming so that conservation can be a part of their operation. Because there isn't, as much as we might like it, there is not a market for conservation. I guess that's the point I want to stress. You know, at this point, there are not robust markets for nutrient trading and things like that, water quality trading. Maybe there should be, and, and I think we'll get there. Maybe that's the future in 15 years, is we get to an incentive-based, market-based system. But for right now, it's just not there. Well, like you're saying, uh, economically-wise, I mean, you know, hunting and fishing brings in $95 billion a year. $95 billion. I don't think we want to turn our backs on that. Maybe we do. I don't know, but I mean, that that's a large chunk of change, Steve, don't you think? It is, and as we always say, it's become sort of cliche, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, you can't export those jobs. You, know, you, yep. can't, you can't export a, a hunting guide's job or a fishing guide, whatever the case may be. People building boats, people that are manufacturing custom rifles, 
Uh, those things are done right here. They're going to continue to be done right here. We think it's a win-win. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Steve Klein. Of course, he's with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. That's right. And, Steve, if we want to find out more about uh, TRCP, what you guys and are how we can doing, help, how we can help, uh, where can we find you guys online? Sure, you can find us at trcp.org. I think we have a, a Farm Bill Action Alert up right now. So if hunters and anglers want to take action on some of the things I've talked about today or whatever's in your mind, I think you'll be able to find it at our action page, trcp.org. That's right. One more time, trcp.org. That is Oregon. We are the revolution. We are brought to you by Ram Trucks. Ramtrucks.com plus Zeiss at zeiss.com forward slash sports and NBC Sports Outdoors at nbcsports.com forward slash outdoors. Mr. Steven, thank you so much for coming back on and telling us about the Farm Bill, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you bet. Hey, we've got more coverage of the 2012 Farm Bill coming up, but first we've got to hear a word from our sponsors and the pres of Ram Trucks, Mr. Fred Diaz. Hey, talk to you after the break. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is brought to you by Ruger at ruger.com. Every Thursday night, make NBC Sports Outdoors your destination for the best fishing shows and most respected anglers around. That big old bluefin is taking the line! Starting Thursday at 7 on the NBC Sports Network. This is George Thornton with the National Wild Turkey Federation, and if you're looking for great hunting, you'll find it in Kansas. You may already know about the great pheasant hunting here, but did you know Kansas is also a great place for quail, deer, geese, and my personal favorite, the wild turkey. Learn more about turkey hunting in Kansas at www.travelks.com. For hunting, target, and long-range shooting, choose Zeiss Rapid C, the ultimate ballistic reticle. Now until December 31st, receive up to a $100 mail-in rebate when you purchase a qualifying rifle scope with Rapid C reticle. See your Zeiss dealer or visit Zeiss.com slash sports for details. So which do you prefer, ground blinds or tree stands? Voice your opinion at radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Because I'm on the radio every day. We're back. We've been talking about the Farm Bill and the Sportsman's Heritage Act this week, and you keep moving. Run, Morris, run! <laughs> Your mic's moving from you, buddy. It does move from me all the time. But you can call us at 785-846-7647. We're going to the Motor City. Yeah, hey, Frank, turn this up real quick. Jocks and bikers, they all came to kick it in the sticks. That's Brantley Gilbert, man. Kick it in the sticks. Now. Who wants to win a chance to see Miss the Lovely as Did you see me raise my hand? You haven't listened to me yet. What? Kelly Pickler, Brantley Gilbert, Easton Corbett, and this is all the Road to the Ranch Jam Sweet Sticks and Instant Win Game. Gonna be in now, Nashville. December 29th, 2012. Uh-huh. I better not be 2013. That'd be a long time <laughs> to wait. I can't wait till December. Anyways, this is the Road to the Ram Jam sweepstakes that Ram is putting on. They actually have not announced the uh-huh. next two artists that are going to be there. And they're they're going to announce gonna that win, The uh, June 27th and August 15th. The, yeah. the last two that are artists that are going to be at the uh, Road to the Ram Jam. I wonder who it's going to be. Maybe Celine Dion. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Anyways, just by entering, you got to go to RamTrucks.com, then hop on their Facebook page. Of course you're going to like it if you don't like and it. And become a fan. Be, that'd be awkward if you didn't like their fan page. Uh, anyways, yeah, become a fan, and you can enter in uh, th- this contest. You get travel plus hotel and two VIP passes to uh, Road to the Ram Jam. This is going to be such a great concert. Once again, happening uh, December 29th in Nashville, Tennessee. This is what you got to do. Punch in your email address. Boom, you're ready to go. You got to do a few other things. Not too much. Uh, it doesn't cost you a dime. But just by doing this, okay? I want to a free do- download. You can. You could possibly win a free download of... Turn it up real quick, Frank. That's all right there. Kick it in the sticks by Mr. Brantley Gilbert. It's impossible not to like this song. It's impossible. Say you don't like it. It's impossible for you to say it. It's impossible. You're going to dig it. Anyways, we are being joined by Mr. Fred Diaz with Ram Truck. The Prez. Mr. Fred, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Jim, Trav, always great to be with you guys. Hey, it's better to be with me. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that we're in mixed company. Uh, Anyways, uh, Fred, how's it been going, man? Oh, God. You know, things continue to to go really, really well with the company. Yeah. So proud to be a part of this team that uh, continues to do well with the company. As as you know, we recently announced that we just had our best quarterly profits in 13 years as a company. And uh, proud to say that that at retail, the company was up 40% and Ram was a huge part of that. Every single one of our pickup lines, the regular cab, the 1500, crew cab, the heavy duty, the chassis cab, 
We had amazing success. Ram is now on a 24-month executive role of year-over-year sales increases. So it's, and the reason for it is because we're listening to our customers and we're delivering the products that they want. Yeah, that's incredible. And and real quick, uh, we want to play an ad. I think uh, Frank's got it queued right now. It's called Tommy and the Ram. You got to hop on YouTube. Very powerful ad. Uh, you like guys, a million, two or three have, it, coming have up listen on 1.3 million views on YouTube. You got to take a listen to this ad. Here it is. This is the revolution. Tommy, I know you're busy, but I'm leaving you this message. I just wanted to tell you that I know it's been hard. And you never once complained or stayed home feeling sorry for yourself. You just said, where there's a truck, there's a job. You were so stubborn. You wouldn't even let us take help from Dad. And you were right. Have a good day today, babe. I know you'll be late, but there will be supper in the oven. And I love you. That is such a powerful message in that um, You know, it really is. When you listen to the words, and, and especially a gal saying it, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and it really has captured the essence of all Americans right now. You know, some and how tough they feel. Times, yeah, truly. Yeah, how we feel. Some tough times have fallen upon us, and we've had to rise above it and rebuild ourselves, such as Ram has rebuilt the Ram brand. You have made by far the best truck on the market when it comes to fuel economy, power, performance, looks, durability. And choice. And choice. Uh, you cannot beat a Ram. And um, your sales 100%, uh, Mr. Fred, reflect that. Yeah, and with the Tommy and the Ram spot, I mean, I got to hand it to our marketing team and, and to our brand team when when we look at doing these things. We only showed that spot once. We've shown it twice now. We were the title sponsors of the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Derby last weekend and and had great success there and for and it just took on a life of its own virally. It with as you mentioned, 1.3 million hits. Who would have ever thought that you could take a woman as a narrator? Yep. to market a truck spot. And that's how we at Ram do things very differently. We're we're really trying to connect with our customers and I think we've we've done a great job with that. And the, my my favorite line in the spot is where there's a truck, there's a job. Yep. And, mm, bingo. and every one of us that have a truck and use our truck for whatever our vocation or our recreation of choice is, you know, we probably 99% of the time, have a wonderful, great woman standing right by our side, supporting us with everything we do. When I first saw that spot, it literally made <laughs> me well up. It's it's that great, and it reminds me of, of all the great things in life that many of us have. Yeah, but you're just an old softy, Fred. <laughs> yeah, I'm soft on, on yeah. the inside, but tough truck guy on the outside. There you go. But you know, the thing is, over the last 24 months, you've talked about the increase in sales and so forth, but just look in the last few months the new lines that you have introduced. I mean, the outdoorsman, the, the tradesman, and uh, the Laramie, and uh, it just goes on from there. It, it really does. And, and uh, we just continue to, to ask and ask, what do you need? What do you want? What yeah. does the truck need to give you? And and we've just had amazing success with the hunting, camping, fishing, outdoor enthusiasts. And as I mentioned before, the, the majority of our engineers do some type of hunting, camping, fishing, or outdoor activities. And so it's just a natural fit. You don't have a bunch of guys guessing at what a truck needs to be like. you got people who enjoy the outdoors that are really delivering on what an outdoorsman needs. Yeah. And real quick, we, we want to mention, you got to go to ramtrucks.com and check out all of your wonderful lines of pickups. Also, uh, fan them on Facebook, uh, hook up with them on Twitter. But, you know, I have recently gone to the dark side. Okay, and you I'm not, I'm not big into like magazine subscriptions, except for uh, the Sports uh, Illustrated Sports Swimsuit. Illustri- yeah, that's what it is. I'm a little tongue-tied because uh, I'm, tied. <laughs> I'm looking at this online right now. And uh, Fred, we have gone but to the dark side. But you're looking at trucks. Wait, yeah, is I'm there anything else? No. It's beautiful scenery, uh, Fred. <laughs> you seem to get a little nervous there when you're talking about. <laughs> well, and he drool. You could, if you were in the studio, it's he's drooling just a my, little bit. My wife is actually standing outside the booth right now, giving me a nasty look. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Laramie Limited truck is is a fantastic truck. You know, some people are really, really into the southwestern iconic cowboy that we have inside the Longhorn, but we got a lot of feedback again, listening to our customers about. 
you know what? It's a beautiful truck, but in my part of the world, in the Midwest or in the Northeast or in the far West, I'm not really into that type of design. Can you build a beautiful truck like the Longhorn and give me the option of going one way or the other? And that's what we did. And it's amazing how the dealer orders have come in on that vehicle. It far exceeded our wildest expectations. So we think we have another hit on our hands. Yeah. Now talk about far exceeding. Uh, let's talk about your heavy duty for a second and your Cummins. There is not a more powerful truck on the market. That's and you guys, you guys are killing the heavy duty segment right now. We are. We really are. We we continue month after month to steal massive share from, from the other truck manufacturers because there's just no two ways about it. I mean, a Cummins engine and a Ram truck, the, the two are a deadly combination. It's, they're never going to let you down. Yeah, it's kind of like an unstoppable dynamic duo. But, you know, I I mean, this is just an exciting time right now. You know, I, I mean, all the advances in current technology that you guys are putting into your trucks and, and what you're coming out with and how you're you're listening to your customers and, and how it's resonating with them. I mean, th- it just truly is an exciting time right now, Fred. It really is. It's great to see all the hard work and effort uh, delivering the results that we're that we're seeing right now. And, and I just I like to every now and then think back and, and imagine how successful uh, things are going to be and, and hopefully explode when we bring our new truck yeah. in September with all the best-in-class uh, fuel economies on the V6 and the V8 and the active grill shutters, active air suspension, and so forth. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that truck. Yeah, I like that active air suspension. That is amazing. Now, how many inches can it rise and drop uh, when you're traveling down the road? A, a total of four inches. That is Holy incredible. Cow. That is amazing. I'll clear that stump in the pasture. You know, <laughs> no, you'll still run it over. <laughs> uh, and like we are talking before, a couple weeks ago, we had you on talking about this brand-new truck. Um, and for me, I'm not a big guy, not that strapping. You know, we got a fall hunting season coming up here in like three months and you want to load a big buck in the back of your truck. No one's around. This is easy. You can lower your truck. So it makes it you actually capable to put your game in the back. That's awesome. Puts it in a kneel mode position yes. so that you can easily load and, and take cargo out of the back of the truck. It also makes it a lot easier to get in and out of the truck. So you feel more like you're literally stepping in and out rather than climbing in and out. And then when you need an off-road, hey, man, you pump it all the way up to the top and you can clear Mount Everest just about. <laughs> you bet. Hey, we've been talking with Fred Diaz. He's the president of Ram Trucks, and there's no dog mean enough to bite this guy. That's right. And real quick, Fred, you got any uh, trips planned uh, this fall? Going to do any uh, uh, deer hunting or anything? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm trying to decide if it's going to be a turkey hunt or if it's going to be a deer hunt, but uh, I'm going to try to get out there, work it out so that me and my two boys can get out there and, and have some fun and, and fellowship as a father and son and, and might even get my bride out there. She used to hunt really, really young, and uh, but she hasn't in a long time, so it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, but she's really fast. She can just chase them, run them down. <laughs> <laughs> she, she still is really fast. She can still outrun most people. But, uh, <laughs> She's talented that way. All right. Well, hey, we're actually coming up on an ad break. So one more time, got to go to RamTrucks.com. Check out all the their, their amazing line of pickups. But uh, we are the revolution, and we are brought to you by Ram Trucks. RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. But uh, stick around because coming up after the break, we got Dave Nomson with, with Old Pheasants Forever. going to be talking about the farm bill. Sorry about that, Jim. Mr. Fred, as always, buddy, thank you so much for being on. Hey, Jim and Trap. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure talking to you, and congratulations on your uh, new addition to the family to come, Jonah. Hey, thanks, buddy. Take care. More 2012 Farm Bill coverage brought to you by Ram at RamTrucks.com. Coming up after this. Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35.99 per month. Call for terms and conditions to this offer and protect your home license numbers. Call now, 1-866-669-8954. The Ram Wrap-Up, brought to you by RamTrucks.com. 
Hey, you're back in the air with Jim and Trav, and of course, we're going to wrap this thing up with our next guest. Old Dave Nomson, and Dave, uh, he is actually Pheasants Forever's Vice President of Government Affairs. Dave, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great. Not good. Now, uh, you know, Dave, uh, in today's show, um, I've literally, I think Jim has too, been inundated with a plethora of information when it comes to the farm inundated bill. Inundated in plethora. That's You didn't even say it right. <laughs> uh, um, and I don't know that we're any smarter because of it, um, Dave. We, we already know, and we, we, we've had a lot of people on the show today, we know that uh, you know, twenty-four point seven billion is being cut from the farm bill. Uh, Six point five billion. Uh, there's going to be a reduction in conservation programs. We're going from thirty-two million acres down to twenty-five million of acres CRP. of CRP. That's correct. There, there's got to be some sort of Give ramifications when it comes to pheasant populations uh, somewhere down the road. Well, of course there is. I mean, you guys know that. You know, the key to pheasant populations is grassland habitat. Yeah. Period. You know, good habitat and the right covers, manage it right, and boom, you've got birds. Now, when so, you were when you, you know. were when you were up on uh, on Capitol Hill and you uh, you testified before them, uh, what a couple of weeks ago, what did you say? Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you should have. That's I think I hope that's how it came across. Uh, <laughs> I would use stronger words, Dave. <laughs> but I may have said it a little bit more tactfully. Guys, oh. but, but listen, there are ramifications when you make cuts of that magnitude. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and so one of the things we've really tried to focus on is, first of all, these programs have to be competitive and yeah. viable for those farmers and landowners to want to enroll lands. Yeah, exactly. And then we also, then I think, because we are going to be reducing programs, so it makes sense to have better policies in place. Mm-hmm. You know, what, to do, what, what, what do we do with expiring CRP acres? How can we help farmers put, you know, fence around some of that land and, and get into a ranching operation? You know, how can we help a beginning farmer keep some of that land in CRP and while well, he puts part of it into cropland, the thing? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I hate to quote Dirty Dancing, but in all actuality, they're they're putting baby in a corner here. You know, they're not giving farmers any options or solutions to this growing economic problem. You know, they're cutting off all incentives, but yet they're still wanting something from them. And this is not their fault. You know, I mean, they have to put food on the table and I don't want to keep going over and rehashing this, but I mean, they have bills to pay. They're forking out a lot of money each and every day to stay afloat and the government is not helping them out whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, you know what though? Conservation can pay. I mean, we think there's a spot on every farm, every ranch for wildlife conservation, period. And it makes those operations more sustainable. It can actually make them more economically, you know, attractive and beneficial. Yeah. Um, input costs are so high now mm-hmm. that some of these lands, if you're not going to get the return that you really can off prime farmland, let's put it in conservation programs. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something that possibly uh, the Pheasants Forever and maybe Quail Forever and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation could they band together and maybe do something in that regard, or is this really a, more of a government operation? Well, I, I guess what that makes me think about, guys, is is the testimony I gave before the uh, House Ag Committee last week. If you look at the front page of that testimony, it wasn't just Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever. It was 20 of the nation's leading wildlife conservation groups that joined me on that testimony. It was, the, it was Ducks Unlimited. It was the National Rifle Association. It was... Mm-hmm. Uh, while a management institute, I mean, you know, I tell you what, there's there was quite a coalition from sportsmen and sportswomen groups in support for conservation programs. Yeah. Now, Dave, um, Jim and I aren't as educated as you are, uh, you <laughs> or <know>. as astute. <laughs> Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I want you to answer a question. Kind of put this in layman's terms, real quick. All right. Everyone in America right now is really screaming about going green, protecting the environment, blah, blah, blah. We hear it every day when you turn on the news. You know, we got to protect the environment, global warming. All right. So we decide to cut seven million (laughs) acres. We're reducing our conservation budget by six point five billion. Okay, and out of the total, I think ninety five billion. Correct me wrong that the the farm bill consists of over 50 percent of that goes towards nutrition programs, putting food in schools, good things food stamps, and so on and so forth, but that was only cut by $4 billion. Aren't we kind of um, crossing the line here? On, on one hand, we want to save nature, Mother Nature. On the other hand, we're completely cutting funding for her. You know, that's it's something I struggle with every day. I mean, and, but our members also recognize the need to reduce the deficit. Oh, yeah, totally. Spending. So yeah. 
you know, the, the key to this thing is how to be smart about making some of these reductions. Yeah. And there's a trickle down effect. Now, of course, you're with pheasants forever, but all of that has to do with all of the uh, the wildlife out there. Uh, if there is no cover for them, you know, where are they going to go? Yeah, exactly. Things oh, exactly. Be- you know, and I, the name might be pheasants forever or quail forever, but, you know, the, the key is grassland habitats that, that benefit a whole, you know, just a bunch of critters out there. And mm-hmm. right now, one of the projects that we're working on around the country are uh, pollinator plots. Oh, really? You know, a pollinator plot for supporting honey production or for just supporting all the pollinators that we need for many agricultural crops, mm-hmm. you know, is an incredible win-win situation. Because, you know, if you hear the word pollinator, you really ought to be thinking about brood habitat for pheasants and quail. That's exactly what it is. All those all those forbs and wildflowers that you love to look at, mm-hmm. that is fantastic brood habitat for ground-nesting birds. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Now, Dave, uh, what, what's just a small way? You know, a, lo- a lot of Americans, we're pretty much broke right now. And what's just a small way that we can get involved to really help um, habitat in future generations that there's actually hunting to be had? What, what can we do in just a small way? Well, that's an easy deal. All, all you got to do is attend a meeting with an elected official send an email, get online and check them out, ask them where they stand on conservation programs. I mean, a sportsman's voice really, really counts out there. Yeah. I was more thinking like hanging someone in effigy, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm a little extreme. Well, it's a long list. You know? find, find, find a way that you like to volunteer some time. Yeah, that's right. Now, Dave, if we want to find out more about Pheasants Forever and the wonderful work that you guys do, uh, where can we With find all you? of the other uh, conservation organizations. Exactly. Where can we find you guys online? Hey, just get online, Google, hit the Pheasants Forever website. You know, you're going to find all sorts of information out there and how you can volunteer your time. Maybe you want to help a local chapter exactly. put on a fundraising event. Maybe you want to help them plant some trees or uh, pollinator plots. You know, there's just a bazillion different ways you can volunteer some time. And that's the whole, that's right at the heart of Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, those volunteers. You bet. Dedicated, passionate individuals. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Dave Nomson. He is the Vice President of Government Affairs or Relations, depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> That's right. And one more time, Mr. Dave, uh, where can we find you guys online? Businessforever.org. All right. Well, hey, we are the revolution. We are brought to you by Ram Trucks, so ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com plus High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com and N-R-A blog at nrablog.com. Mr. Dave, man, thank you so much for a comeback on The Revolution, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. The Revolution. All right, hey, we're back. We just want to say, you know, thanks so much for tuning in this week, and especially to all of those that participated in today's show. You bet. And also, we want to say a special Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies out there who have had children. And all those ladies that are expecting, you know. My wife is expecting right now. we got two beautiful little daughters, as it is. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. She's expecting you for dinner or what? Not really. Uh, Happy Mother's Day, baby. Also to my mom. Um, I I don't want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law because I don't like her. But to all (laughs) those special ladies out there. Happy Mother's Day. We love you, gals. Um, Keep doing what you do, and and don't let a stupid boys ruin this precious weekend. This is all about you guys or gals. Have a great time. God bless. We'll see you next week. We love you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.